You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. How are you doing? I'm good. Let's see how lovely. When's the last time you talked about sex with your mom? 1994? You were 16? Probably. What did they talk about? I've said this before. It was a one-liner. Don't come home with a kid. Hmm. And I also went to a Catholic school, even though I'm not Catholic, and we learned about the rhythm method and abstinence. What did you learn about the rhythm method? Uh, I don't remember very much, which uh, is scary. Um, and they just said, uh, I mean, essentially time, the your partners or, you know, the, the person with whom you're having sex, time their period, hmm. which essentially kind of erodes away any sort of hookup culture or anything like that. Also, it requires quite a bit of communication to understand your partner's period. And I just wanted somebody to touch my junk. Did you get that? No. I mean, if I count myself, yeah, all the time. But But you're pretty good at it, right? I was, I thought I was excellent. So what if your mom came on the podcast? Do you think she'd talk sex with us? Yeah, I think she would. What would it be like? What would we talk about? I want to say that it would be awkward, but... I don't know how awkward it, it would be. And I don't know what we would talk. We'd talk about our sex life. We certainly wouldn't talk about her sex life. No, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how open my mom would be about having this conversation about what she has and hasn't done. Well, the reason I bring it up is today we're going to be talking to the hosts of a podcast, Mom and Son Team. Their podcast, it's, it does very well. It's called Sex Talk with My Mom. So you're going to get to talk to a mom about sex, just not your mom about sex and not my mom either. And I'm cool with that. One day I should get my mom on the podcast. Lots of giggling. She would giggle a lot. A lot, yes. And then she'd talk and talk and talk and talk. We wouldn't give her headsets because then she wouldn't be able to hear, right? <laughs> uh, before they join us, I want to say thank you to letsgetcheck.com. You can check them out for at-home testing for a range of options from vitamins to thyroid to iron to cortisol uh, to STI tests, ovarian reserve tests. All of these tests you can do at home, including testosterone tests. They mail you the package, you send them back the sample, and you check online. So it's letsgetcheck.com. Please use code Dr. Jess, D-R-J-E-S-S, at checkout. Now let's dive in to the topic at hand, sex talk with my mom. We are joined by Karen Lee and Cam. Karen Lee hosts a show called Karen Lee Love. It's all about dating, sex, and cougars. And she created the show after becoming a widow and re-entering the singles world. She has also written two books. One is A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There, and the other is Fuck Games, date cougars but the u is a little asterisk in case anyone's looking for it and her son is a chicago bred la based comedian cam he has appeared on america's got talent silicon valley and <gasps> modern family got to catch up on those episodes now i've got to go look for his uh his role there uh, he actually graduated from stanford and then he went to clown school which i wish i had done very cool and then ended up starting this podcast with his mom about 
Karen Lee and Cam are joining us now from afar, and we're, we're so fascinated and inspired by your story because it can't possibly be easy to have a sex talk with your mom twice a week. So t- you have to tell us how you both got started. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would want to do this, actually. I mean, <laughs> just what being honest. Happened, <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually has brought us much closer and has led to some crazy experiences, but it is not a very traditional path that we've taken. But uh, since, it, since the path has been taken, we have found that there are a lot of followers that want to take the same path with us, which is great. That is true. So we can, we can get into you know, like why the hell we're doing this. Uh, it, I mean, we, we're always very open uh, talking about anything personal that came up growing up. Um, actually, it started with like private talks that you would have with my sister. And I'd be like, I want to get in on that. And uh, <laughs> and then eventually, well, usually kids want to talk late at night. That's what I, they want to talk late at night, and like eleven o'clock and on. And I'm a night owl, so it worked out perfectly. And then and then eventually, my friends got 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 in on this, and they would go to her for like any relationship advice or just to tell her funny stories. Um, so we had a very open dialogue. And then when I was seventeen, uh. My dad was murdered, which kind of flipped our lives upside down. Um, and that it was a it was a moment when we really had to make a decision whether this was going to pull us together or not, or or whether this was going to be something we we kind of deal with and and kind of shirk away from on our own. Um, so we decided and, to do it together. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty immediate choice. Um, and it, do you want to take it from here, Mom? Okay, so I'm uh, about six months later, uh, as you might have guessed, I got really horny because I, I hadn't had sex in a while. And I, I'm just lightening this up here, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Anyway, um, so what happened was I started dating again, and uh, I thought, well, you know what? Um, I, I need some help. I need. To, I looked on YouTube. I couldn't find anything out there that would help like forty-something-year-old women um, to, who wanted to enter the dating world again. And so um, I, I decided. Well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. I'll just go ahead and start my own YouTube channel. So I decided to start a, a YouTube channel for women who wanted to get their ass back out there again, either they're divorced or they are uh, widowed like myself. And so I um, got very little response. I, I don't even know at that point if women in their 40s and 50s knew how to work YouTube um, or <laughs> had any desire to work YouTube. Anyway, it turned out they're mostly 18 to 35-year-old horny guys that were loving what I was talking about um, and wanting to... So I started leaning into that and interviewed porn stars and sexologists like yourself, and, and it became a pretty big sensation. Uh, so I decided, well, I still want to help those women. So I wrote a book and I redefined the word cougar to be a confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. And, uh, I, I wrote a book called a cougar's guide to getting your ass back out there. So here's where cam comes into the picture again. Yeah. So, you know, this is obviously very traditional upbringing and, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't really know how to deal with all this awkwardness. So, I was doing stand-up at the time, 
And I was like, well, why don't I just start incorporating this into my act? And I, at first I started with like one joke related to my mom having this, you know, sex dating cougar YouTube channel. And then eventually it became the whole act. And I, I was like, okay, there's something here. We should just collaborate uh, since we're talking about the same stuff at this point. And we made this podcast five years ago called Sex Talk with My Mom. And that, then it became like a twice weekly show. And uh, where we, our goal now is to just open these conversations around sex and anything you typically wouldn't talk about with a parent. Um, mainly because we know what it's like when you lose a parent and you, you miss out on, you, you, it, it really puts everything in perspective about how there's no reason to live with with such shame when you live such a short period of time you know and by talking about it you can really accept parts of yourself that that you you might shy away from and you learn a lot and you must better yeah you must understand one another so much more deeply and with so much more vulnerability because you're talking about a topic that is often off limits so how how did you get over the discomfort of speaking with one another and how how can other people learn from that i mean it started simple we started with like masturbation <laughs> and then uh and it, it was awkward to talk about masturbation at first i felt my whole body resisting talking about it uh and then slowly it became like that became comfortable and there was a new uh level of um there was a new boundary created maybe anal and we're like, oh, we're definitely never going to talk about anal. And then we talked about anal, and then here we are now. <laughs> and it seems but like... But, you know, it's not we just... Keep... We don't just talk sex. It's not... It's it's everything that is taboo, or everything that you normally wouldn't talk about with, a, you know, a family member. And the more you do, the closer you become. It's difficult, but it, and it's awkward. But we found that it just really helps not just our relationship, but the rest of our family's relationships. So I, I have an older um, daughter and a younger son, and we're all extremely close and very comfortable talking about any issue because I think I'm part of this podcast. Well, and I think, you know, having uncomfortable conversations shows you that if you have an uncomfortable conversation, you will survive. The relationship will survive. I think oftentimes we avoid it because we're afraid of a consequence, but the negative consequence that they f that we fear is is so irrational. So when you talk about, you know, speaking about other topics, you talk about, uh, you know, sensitive approaches. So Cam, I was reading that, you know, you're not into hookup culture. And so I think that when people hear, oh, I host a podcast on sex with my mom, and we talk about anal and we talk about Wait, masturbating, and I'm sure you talk about sex talk with my mom. A lot of people <laughs> sex say talk sex with, with my, mom. my mom. I'm like, no, it's not sex with my mom. It's sex talk with my mom. Sex talk with my mom. Well, that's a whole other topic, sex with my mom. But that's <laughs> no. not what you're doing. You're just doing the talk. But, you know, you say you're not into hookup culture. Uh, is it difficult as a young man to bring more sensitivity to dating and sex? And has this conversation helped to helped you to find, you know, your own sexual values? Um, I think it has. I, I mean... I've I've always thought of myself kind of as an anomaly because I would compare myself to friends in college who are just like, you know, fucking for sport. Basically, whoever you know, whoever they could possibly have sex with, they'll do. And and I was always like, this feels so 
fucking weird because my emotions get involved and their emotions are getting involved. Inevitably, it's like hurting people. I mean, I was really confused by it. Honestly, I still am confused by it. Um, and I think that having these conversations, like, you know, with over five years, like interviewing people once, like every week we interview one guest and just hearing where they're coming from and the type of sex they're enjoying or the relationships they're engaging in, uh, you know, it gives me a perspective that I might not be the strangest person out there, that I'm not just the ugly duckling. No, we, we found that a lot of people relate to Cam, who, who initially thought they were going to relate to me, and then it's actually switched to they relate to Cam. <laughs> well, that's a really, I think that's a really beautiful outcome because it shows that we're so multidimensional, right? And I can have all the demographics in common with one of you, but my, like, my approach emotionally might be, like the person who I'm, you know, far different from. And, you know, Cam, when you talk about emotions and sex, you know, I, my approach is that no human interaction, n- none, whether you're walking down the street and passing somebody or driving in the car and, you know, trying to cut them off <laughs> or having sex, no human experience is devoid of emotion. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to always tie sex to love and romance and long-term commitment, but there there are always emotions involved. And I'm always worried that in hookup culture, which, by the way, I fully support, of course, people should be allowed to just hook up casually. But even within casual sex, emotions are involved. You know, it, it's the reason I always talk about ordering a coffee. And if you go order a coffee and the barista is rude to you, you have an emotional reaction, mm-hmm. right? No ma- And if they're really kind to you, you have an emotional reaction. And so sex, of course, any interaction with another person can't be without emotion. So how have you tapped into your emotions? How have you found a way to better express your feelings as a young man who is often, you know, prescribed emotional I don't want to say ineptitude, but emotional, almost like a blank slate. You're not supposed to feel so much. How have you found your language? I yeah. I I mean, I, I think the podcast has definitely helped in that in that way. Like, you know, if I'm able to talk about uncomfortable things with my mom, I could definitely have an uncomfortable discussion with someone I'm dating. Like, I I just told someone very recently, like it was our first or second date, and I was like, you know, it really scares me to date you. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, but you know, I it, it is it, there's a if there's a um, uh, like a, a disparity between what like my penis wants and what uh, my my brain is telling me, like oh, it, you know, I really want to have sex with this person, but at the same time, I don't know if we're gonna be in a long term relationship. It could really create a tension there, and I think I'm more comfortable saying that now than I I've ever been. Uh, but it still is a, a scary conversation to tell someone. That's a really powerful statement to say, you know, this scares me. I, I think that North Americans in particular don't like to admit vulnerability. Like we feign vulnerability in a lot of ways, in many ways. But we don't really say like, this is really scary for me. How do people that you're dating respond when they find out that you host uh, podcast with your mom where you talk about sex and, and your relationships knowing that you know is there the concern that this is going to be the the subject they're of pro- a future podcast they're probably like oh you got to take me home to meet mama <laughs> well, this, <laughs> they probably want to meet her so badly this has been like an issue there's a lot of there's a lot of interconnectedness to that yeah it is a really tricky situation um and you know i try i've tried so many different approaches to this you know i've I've tried 
you know, just talking about my perspective and trying to leave them out as much as possible, inevitably they're like, well, you're sharing about something intimate that I did you know, I wasn't that, that comfortable with. So then I was like, okay, what if I tell you about all everything I'm going to talk about on the show? And they're like, okay, you could do that. And then I would do that. And they're like, it would no. just lead to way more challenging <laughs> conversations. Sometimes for the better. Sometimes it would lead to conversations that, you know, open things up. Um, but I'm getting to the point now where it's like, it's just not worth it. If like talk about a relationship you had a year ago, just leave everything current out of it just because it, it af- inevitably affects the relationship at hand. Um which I don't really want. And are people intimidated by the fact that you that you are talking about sex with your mom? Like, are, are they, I don't know, do they get intimidated by the notion that maybe you have a closer or more vulnerable relationship with one another than you might have with them? I think that might be, that definitely might be true, but I don't think they're comfortable sharing that with me. Mm, yeah, the vulnerability piece of having to say they feel insecure. And then there's the, right. you know, there's also the Western notion that, you know, the person with whom you're in an intimate relationship, that has to be the closest. And that's certainly not the case for many people. I hear so many people, especially straight girls, will say that, or straight women will say, oh, I, you know, I wish I could marry my best friend, meaning they feel closer, more emotionally connected to, to their best friend with whom they have a platonic or non-sexual relationship. But there's also nothing wrong with that. You know, people fulfill one another's needs in different ways. And that's why I'm so, you know, uh, in awe and really admire uh, the way the two of you will talk and, and be close and not be threatened by breaking taboos. Because this is a real... Thank you. This, yeah, this is such a taboo. And like you said, people saying sex with my mom or you know people do the same thing with me they just say sex with Jess and you know and like, <laughs> and, and then I get it that they're just people are uncomfortable with sex so they have to make jokes about sex and, and that's fine I mean you're a comedian so hopefully you're, you're good at making <laughs> jokes about sex and and Karen Lee so you are you self-identify as a cougar I do because I when I became single I was trying to figure out like not that I needed a label but I people would say are you a MILF you know what what you know what's going on here and I'm like you know, I would like to identify with something, but I, the only thing I can think of is the word cougar. If I was going to have to choose one, it's not like a mature woman and it's not like a hot mom. It just, nothing really like rang true. So I just use that term and use the, the acronym and just said, I'll just redefine myself as, you know, a confident, it's basically a confident woman um, and with experience. And it's just the phenomenon of younger men like being so attracted to older women is fascinating to me. I was, I was, I mean, I, I became newly single at 48, something like that. And nine times out of 10, the guys walking up to my table at a bar would be, well, we could walk up to people at a bar, um, <laughs> younger guys. And I was like, well, they got some balls walking up to me. You know, it just, that takes a lot of nerve. Right. And there, there's a big appeal. I mean, you've probably seen the data about MILF porn and how commonly it's searched. And, uh, you know, I've actually talked yeah. to some some porn actors who have said that they, they don't even like the term MILF, uh, not because they don't embrace it, but because it just sucks that for women after a certain age, you're automatically considered mm-hmm. a mom. So you're either the virgin or the whore. But, you know, some of the desire for MILF porn isn't necessarily about mothering. It's really about n- the ability to nurture or sexual mastery mm-hmm. um, or some expectation of dominance and teaching. Mm-hmm. So there are all these different teaching. layers to it. Yeah. Now, 
is that something wow. that you want to take on? Is that too much pressure? So if you, you, you have experience with large age gap relationships with a young person, a younger date, you might feel like it could be fun to teach them. But is there a point at which it becomes burdensome? Well, for one thing, I am living with a man um, younger, considerably younger than me, and we've been in a very committed monogamous relationship for 12 years. So I, I don't uh, date younger guys anymore in terms of like new, new, new younger guys. And um, for another thing, uh, I did just complete and, and um, published a book called Fuck Games, Date Cougars, which, you know, is a compilation of all like texts or, or um, comments and questions and answers over the years of doing this YouTube channel for young and, and all the other social platforms, obviously, for younger guys that are attracted to older women and vice versa. And um, the viability of a relationship like mine, you know, it, it's possible and there's plenty of people out there doing it. And uh, do you think there are lessons to be learned? You know, when you say fuck games, date cougars, do you think older older daters or older people, and listen, I use that term with a huge amount of subjectivity. To some people, I'm a much older dater. To other people, you're a much younger person. Um, do you think there's something to be learned? Are folks who are older more honest? Are they less likely to play games? I mean, I would love to see people of all ages embracing this and not playing yes, games. Yes, yes. 100% that is the main. That's why I called it fuck games. Um, it's fuck uh, F star CK, just in case anyone wants to find it on Amazon, a little plug for the book. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, there's such a huge attraction to that aspect of the, the no nonsense, no hole bars, no game playing. Um, I mean, relative, I'm sure there's some game playing, but for the most part, the, the comments are all over the years, like, where can I find this older woman? Because it's so attractive to have someone who doesn't play games as a straight shooter who they can learn from, you know, not just sexually, but, and, and like you said, and also nurture um, that person as well. So there's a lot of benefits. And it, over the years, I've gotten so many thousands, I mean, I've thousands of people on my YouTube channel because of that attraction all over the world. Uh, and so, Cam, what have you learned most from, from your mother? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> you know, I, she's like, get your list out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just thinking about the other day um, that she. So I think I grew I, this year. I've grown the most, uh, not with regard to my sex life and and talking with my mom, but actually with regard to like running a business with my mom. Um, and one of the things that she's taught me in that way is that uh, just don't be scared to just ask for exactly what you want. So often we'll have like an idea of like, oh, this is an interesting way to improve the podcast or maybe we can get that guest. And then I'll see my initial reaction is, ah, no, they're never going to want to do this. Or that person, wait, we can't do that. That it would be inappropriate. And then she'd be like, come on, just do it. Why do you have to lose? And that is like... That mentality is something that I'm hoping to, you know, emulate in my life to the nth degree. And and Karen Lee, have you always been of that mindset? So, uh, you know, I'm like you, Cam, uh, a little bit hesitant. I'm definitely, you know, a people pleaser, uh, working on embracing the fear of rejection. Karen Lee, is this something that you've grown into? Because I do think so many women are taught to 
you know, make other people happy and, you know, maybe that makes us take fewer risks. So is this part of your personality or is this something that you've learned over time? I, w- I would say initially, and that, of course, is in my book as well, I was very introverted and shy and I would let like, my, my parents used to talk about how I'd let like the kids on the playground take my sand, you know, pail away from me. I was just kind of <laughs> like a, a wussy girl. Um, I, I don't know when this transformation happened, but I, I would say it happened maybe when I went to college and I went during the, the late seventies, um, and it was a kind of a free for all sexually. I became much more confident in my sexuality then. Um, I had a, I ended up marrying my, uh, college sweetheart. Um, we had a, an incredibly strong communicative relationship for 24 years so I really, I felt re- like, I felt really good about myself. And, and and luckily, I was never put in a position where I didn't feel good about myself. Um, and I think it's just kind of like I get the nickname of, of a bulldog, basically. But I, I follow, I follow, um, you know, other people that, you know, have a similar mindset. Um, the five second rule by Mel Robbins, um, you know, you have five seconds before your brain tells you not to make, you know, that decision. And, I, I follow it. I just literally, literally like five, four, three, two, one, walk up to that person and, and talk to them. Don't be shy. It's you're, you're going to miss every shot you don't take. So my philosophy is pretty, pretty strong about just being a, that being the person that I said people should try to emulate, like, like the positive, a strong, you know, independent woman that unfortunately a lot of women are taught opposite. And I want to, I want to retrain that brain. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Now, you, you mentioned that you married uh, the love of your life, and um, this project, much of your work, was born out of that grief. Do you have any thoughts for folks who are, are dealing with grief in terms of building relationships, finding yourself, um, maintaining relationships? Like You've done it in a very creative way, creating you know, a project together as mother and son, but you have other kids with whom you don't have these type of projects, so you have probably have some general advice on you know, moving through grief? Moving through grief is tough. <laughs> There's no question about it. And grief does not go linear, linear, linearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a straight line up to the, you know, comfort level that you want to be. It, it, it's going to be like a, like a roller coaster. Um, and I would say just make sure to take care of yourself. Pamper yourself. Um, don't accept any shit from anybody. Don't settle. You don't need to have a boyfriend. You don't need to have a girlfriend. You 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 can just be who you want to be. Um, take it take it slow and just be just follow your gut. I'm a big believer. If there's a billboard out there, I would write follow your gut on that billboard. And I just I think that you're gonna learn so much more from your mistakes than from your successes. And I think it's important to just really believe in yourself. And don't take any shit from anybody. <laughs> and just take the risks. I mean, life is short. I love it. I love it. Now, you obviously started this podcast also to help people. And so what parting words of, you know, advice or insight would you offer based on all of the learnings? Because, you know, having interviewed hundreds of people over the last five years, you've mu- you must have learned so much about sex and relationships that you didn't begin with. So what would you leave folks with uh, to kind of shift the way they think or behave with regard to relationships, either a parent-child or intimate relationships? Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> That's all I can say. Don't be scared to speak up. You know, listen to that voice inside and communicate. 
and listen. There's the, 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 that would be my, well, I mean, Cam, I'm interested to see what your take is, but I think this is what we've learned from so many, like you said, so many interviews, uh, um, learning from doctors like yourself, Jessica, and I don't know, if you don't, you don't listen to your inner gut and you let people walk all over you, you're going to be a doormat, so just communicate. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It, sometimes I like to think of like, um, you know, the outcome in which you don't share what you're currently feeling and you just kind of suppress it. Uh, and that, that sometimes can help me make, take the risk because it's either like it's going to manifest in, a, in the future in a way that is way less controllable and, and pleasant. Um, it's just in, in a, then you put yourself in their shoes and you're like, okay, would, if I were in their shoes and someone I'm with doesn't want to be with me or they, you know, they have something challenging to tell me, uh, I'd rather they just tell me and as opposed to like muscle their way through hanging out with me or something like that. Um, you know, I took the negative approach, but like <laughs> basically, you know, it's way better just to say what's on your mind and inside of you than, than just holding it back. And, and that usually can lead to good things. Absolutely. It's all really insightful. And, you know, I think it's applicable. My question is a little lighter. Was there an episode going back through all your podcasts that really went in a direction that both of you were like, whoa, you know what I mean? If people were going to go back and listen to one, was there one that you both were like, wow, do you know what I mean? In, in, in any direction. Yeah, there's a lot of totally. wows. Yeah. There's, there's been, <laughs> was there, was there, was there one that stands out the most for each of you? Oh man. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll go first. Go for it. This one happened pretty early on. Um, I, we had a phone sex operator <laughs> on the show. Oh, did you? And <laughs> Tell oh, me more. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you hurt? <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> So I, I, she mentioned during the interview, it was going along really well. She's telling us about her life, about how she got into the whole thing. And she mentioned that when she's on podcasts, she tends to have an orgasm. And so we were getting to the end of the, the podcast and there was no orgasm. Come on. By the way, we weren't in the same, we were all separate locations. <laughs> right, right. It was actually very similar to this where, I, I was able to see my mom, but I couldn't see her because she wanted to remain uh, anonymous. Oh. So I, I mentioned that, you know, what's going on with the orgasm? <laughs> and it, she was like, oh, you, you, you want to hear me orgasm? And I was like, sure. And so she came on the show and it was so intense. And I was just looking at my mom and I was like, this is <laughs> by far the most awkward <laughs> thing you could do with someone it was it was really painfully awkward (laughs) it was so uncomfortable it was really and it went on for a while too it wasn't just like it was not faked either there was definitely some squeaking and oh my god it was ridiculous (laughs) it was wild uh i love that and i think that's karen lee do you want to add a different episode Oh, yeah. Well, we've had a million. Um, there's been incredible comedians that we've laughed our asses off, and we we play a game called Mama Don't... A- oh, wait. 
what's their game called? <laughs> Mom, don't ask Mom, that. Mom, don't ask that. We only play it every week, and I can't remember it. Um, where we pick out um, uh, questions that normally uh, a mother would never ask their kid. So we've interviewed some unbelievable comedians and have come up with these crazy-ass stories. But the thing that, I guess if I would recommend one right now, and I, it, it isn't a crazy one, we were, I'm sure you've heard of this. It's um, a do-it-yourself kit called Clone a Willy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where you make a replica, a silicone replica of your, your penis or your vulva. And uh, so uh, we were sent, you know, a, a kit. I, w- I was living with my boyfriend, and Cam was living with his brother. And we decided to each record our own versions of us making these kits, and then we'll come together. <laughs> right. It, we had we had to do it by a certain deadline because w- they were sponsoring us and we were recording ads for them <laughs> and we had to test it out before recording the ad and i did not have someone to test it out with so <laughs> well <laughs> i had to rec- I, it's a two-person job so <laughs> it's just you and your brother I had my brother there who was concocting the thing in the kitchen <laughs> as i'm like trying to get hard in the bathroom and, uh, and you're asking him questions like, is this size? What do you think of my size of my dick? And he's like, I, I refuse to answer that question. I mean, it was. I plead the fifth. Uh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It is yeah. such a hilarious episode because I you hear myself and my boyfriend doing it, which is also hilarious. And then you hear Cam. It's like and fun and flirty. Yeah. And then you hear me and my brother just having a disaster in the kitchen at my my old apartment. Yeah. Oh my! But but anyway, that that just struck. You know, when you said, "Is there one that made you uncomfortable?" Yet it was hilariously funny. I would say that was that was definitely one of them. Oh, I'm gonna go back and listen to those two for sure. Yeah, and we encourage everybody else to as well. So it's sex talk with my mom. Uh, I I took a quick peek. So you've got the phone sex operator with live orgasm. That's episode. Uh, 20 and 22, so from your early oh archives, God. and then folks can go from there to the clone. Of, once they know you a little bit better, they can make it a family affair with the with the brother in the kitchen. I picture him Everyone's like around... Everyone's on a Zoom call right now anyway. I, right I right? picture your brother around a cauldron, sort of, and there's like smoke coming <laughs> yes. out of it. That's... I'm picturing like paper mache, you know? Like, he was just... only like, how old was he? Like 22? I mean, he was a young kid. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love it. Nice. So folks, highly recommend you go check them out. Sex Talk with My Mom, as well as Karen Lee's book, Fuck Games, Date Cougars. Thank and you. And from there, you'll find all of their personal handles as well. I, I understand you're a comedian, Cam. Looking forward to getting to know more of your work. And I really appreciate your time today, folks. Oh, Thank we you love so much. You ask extremely insightful questions, Jessica. I mean, really Thank I, you. I enjoy being on the show. Awesome. So next time we'll get the, maybe get the rest of the family here. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. They, they, don't, they, they, they got they, stories. Yeah, they got stories. I'm not sure they're going to want to be on, but uh, they got stories. All right. Thank you so much. This is such an important conversation among families. And I wonder how much we leave out of potential connection because we leave out parts of ourselves. We we feel we can't talk about our sex lives, our relationships, our the way we party, the way we hang with our friends. And this is with the people with whom we oftentimes have the longest and most meaningful relationships of and our ev- lives. And, and everyone that we speak to and what you've been saying for the longest time is communication opens so many doors and strengthens in a lot of t- a lot of instances strengthens and is so much there's so much benefit to maybe it. Maybe we need to celebrate awkwardness. Maybe we need to 
just encourage more not feigned, but real awkward encounters. Because I I sometimes get asked about, oh, how do you take the awkwardness out of the first date? And I remind people, the awkwardness is the fun of it. But do you agree with that when people are on, like if you're concerned about how people will think of you or like are you concerned about like different political views when it comes to, to sex? Like I'm just thinking if I had a conversation with my parents about what, you know, I've done or we've done, I don't necessarily know how they would feel. But at the same time, I would feel better just getting it off, not getting it off my chest, but just talking about it. You'd feel good telling your parents about our sex life? I don't know that it would feel good. It wouldn't bother me. This Because this is who I am. This is what I've done. And if you want to know, a part of me is, it's not that I don't care, but this is, this is how I identify. And I'd almost rather know what you think, because if I value this relationship, I don't know that I want to be judged negatively. Well, you're not, I mean, to be fair, you're not really open about many things with your parents. Would you, would you say that's accurate? No, unless they listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then they know everything. They know everything, yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think about also the privilege. So we're a couple that we've been together a long time. We've got this really good relationship. So if we were to share with people like family that we've done things that seem edgy or that many people would be judged for or that might even be considered risky to some people, because we've got this long-term relationship and couple's privilege, I think we might get less judged. But let's say we were to break up. Then they'd turn to those subversive. Agreed. Then they'd turn to those edgy experiences and say, well, they did this. this but why. because we're together and we're probably going to stay together, it's just... <laughs> let's hope so. No, I mean, I, I think we've got something really good. Or maybe they would turn the tables and blow our minds and be like, with stuff they did. Oh, that sex club? I've been there 18 times. You've You're only like, been there 16. Do you know Steve? I was there last Friday. <laughs> Tell him I said, what's up? Oh, Steve. Well, I was just thinking about in this conversation how we can open up more sex positive conversations between parent and child. And I, I do think it. It is. It begins at a young age, but it's never too late. And I think about some of the specific ways we can be more positive and more open in our communication around sex. And some of them are very simple ways. For example, using the names of body parts and not trying to shroud them in shame and secrecy from a young age. Being more positive about our bodies and body image to begin with. Because when we're negative about our bodies it can be really contagious for the young people in our lives. You know, if we treat our bodies with love and respect, they're more likely to as well. And, you know, we can use less judgmental language around relationships. You know, I I think of someone in our family. Okay, it was in your family. And they. I remember them calling someone a slut. And I was like, really? It's just, honestly, it was a supermodel. So I don't even know how they know that she's a slut. <laughs> but it's just the negative language reminds me that I'm not going to open up about things to you because I don't want to be judged in that way. And we we do it. We And, you know, if I think about parents, for example, talking about other people's relationships with judgment or in kind of with snide remarks and how that affects your kid's willingness to open up to you, whether they're 12 years old or 42 years old. And, you know, teaching young people about autonomy over their body and giving them permission to experience pleasure. 
whatever that is, right? I, I even I, I think about food, Brandon. And, a you know, lot. Is that, is that the statement? <laughs> pretty a much lot, all. Yeah, that, that's the whole thing. But I think about, uh, you know, my mama was taught me to eat with the queen. So, you know, they're from Jamaica. They had the, the British influence, um, a very kind of racist lens over what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. But one thing is that you chew silently. You chew with your mouth full. And I was thinking, what if we gave permission to people to just eat their food in a way that freaking feels good for them. Like how I eat a crab. I was just going to say, I hear you moaning when you eat <laughs> things sometimes. You're like, it could be crab. It could be a dessert. It could, and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, just give her a minute. She just, she needs a minute. And it doesn't matter where we are. Restaurant, home, friend's house. The moan is coming. So mom, I can eat with the queen, but sometimes <laughs> I don't want to eat with the queen. Maybe the queen eats that way. And honestly, do you think the queen's food is that good anyways? That's some bland shit. Hey, I'm a, I'm a British and yet I'm, yes. Yeah. 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 Like, come on, just we'll put s- some garlic and ginger in it and then we can talk about your quiche and stuff. <laughs> right? Caramelized up some onions at least. So yeah, I just think we need to give people more permission to experience pleasure and give our kids and our family members the space for that. And I think those, you know, obviously... Kim and Karen Lee are doing it on the next level and, you know, all the power to them. So I'm I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, I think it's a reminder that I should have my mom on the podcast. Well, we've had your uncle, Big Mike. Oh, guys. That was awesome. Go back and listen to that episode with Uncle Mike. He's been with my Auntie Thalia for, it's got to be more than 50 years, 60 years. They were teenagers. He's the man. Yeah, and he's just amazing, and he talks about what makes what makes it work for them. And it, it wouldn't necessarily work for us, nope. but it, it works for them. So, okay, plans. Go back and listen to Uncle Mike's podcast. Have my mom on the podcast in the future, and we'll leave it at that. So, folks, if you're in the market for STI testing, and you should be, if you're sexually active, if you want testosterone tests, thyroid tests, uh, Lyme disease tests, omega-3 tests, they've got them all on Let's Get Checked. Uh, I have a unique URL try lgc.com slash dr jess that's tough just go to letsgetcheck.com and use the code dr jess d-r-j-e-s-s to save at checkout interesting conversation brandon if i bring my mom on the podcast would you bring your mom on the podcast sure same podcast though Mm-mm-mm-mm. no yeah. I, I only have three mics yeah <laughs> and, and i'm sticking by that story I only have three mics. That's it. One one mom at a time. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, share, hang out, follow us on social media. I'm at Sex with Dr. Jess, and this guy is... Verity Brandon. Why'd you pull away? You know, I I, I like to follow you. I think you're, you post some great stuff. It's his real estate profile. It's my real estate profile. But still, it's mostly topless selfies. Yeah, you know, that's how I sell real estate. (laughs) I wish it was topless selfies. (laughs) All right, we're out. Have a great week, folks. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.